You are experiencing The Mystic Show, episode 158. Time to relax. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Mystic Show. I'm your host, Chris Curran. I'm happy you're able to join me. This is the show where we talk about spirituality and mindfulness and meditation and a lot of things unseen and otherworldly. The purpose of this show is for you and I to talk about these subjects, but also figure out how we can implement them in our lives and experiment with this thing called life and also that thing called existence. We have to do things, try things, experience things. I mean, we all know that reading books about spirituality is okay, but if you never put it into practice, it's not much help. So if you put these things into practice that we talk about, it'll make a big difference in your life. We release new episodes every Friday morning early, and you can hear the show as a podcast in whatever podcatcher you use. However you listen to podcasts, the Mystic Show is there. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. And of course, there's our website, themysticshow.net. Themysticshow.net. And you can jump onto our behind-the-scenes email list. And uh, I send out a little email every week just you know, announcing the new show and giving some behind-the-scenes details that you don't get on the show. And if you sign up for the behind-the-scenes email list, you get a very special audio production that I created called Relax with Rumi. I actually selected Rumi quotes and uh, read them over relaxing music, and it's like 47 minutes, it's four different tracks, it's pretty cool. So sign up for the email list, get your Relax with Rumi and enjoy it. Let me know what you think about it too. Quick shout out to our sponsor, and you could tell, you know, these announcements at the beginning of the show. <laughs> Some days I just want to just get through it because I'm so excited about the topic of the day. Uh, and that's that's definitely the case in this episode. But I do need to thank Pause Your Life. Pauseyourlife.org is the website. Pause Your Life facilitates meetups and retreats uh, for those times in your life when you just want to hit the pause button. You know, when you're on that crazy merry-go-round of life and you just say, stop the ride, I want to get off, right? Sometimes I always feel that way. Uh, well, not always, but regularly, I should say. And I just want to take a day or two or, or a couple hours and just pause life and just stop and just be. So pause your life. That's what they do. Uh, it's a great organization. Go to the website, pauseyourlife.org. The plan for this episode is to talk about aspens and banyans. That's right. We're going to talk about trees for a little bit today. <laughs> Some, they're not just trees. They're living organisms and communities, as we will find out. 
And I also want to discuss perception a little bit and originality. A very, well, there's many meanings to the word originality. We're going we're gonna to talk about that at the end. Okay. Have you ever heard of an aspen tree? Have you ever heard of a banyan tree? Well, I saw several huge banyan trees when I visited India. And now that I live in Colorado, I see a lot of aspen trees. And these are phenomenal organisms. The aspen trees are, uh, just to let you know where they are, the aspen trees are native to cold regions with cool summers. So the north of the northern hemisphere. And they, they, they also exist at high altitudes in the mountains as you go south. But when you get into warmer climates, the aspen trees aren't there. They're a medium-sized deciduous tree reaching 50 to 100 feet tall. Um, and they're kind of like a white, whitish bark. Pretty cool. A banyan tree is, I think it's actually a fig tree and it's present on many different continents. I think it's in warmer weather, like more tropical weather. Um, and there's specimens in India that are among the largest trees in the world by canopy coverage. In fact, the largest banyan tree in India, its branches spread out over eight acres, eight acres, 200,000 square feet, I think. And these are not just the average tree. And here's why. The banyan tree, you know what it does? It grows a trunk and it grows into a tree. And then what it does is it sends roots down from its limbs down to the ground. So from its limb, it sends this a root down to the ground. And at first the roots are, you know, really like thread-like. They're like little threads. They're skinny. But after a long time, they thicken and they actually become tree trunks in their own right. And thus, one tree can become a whole forest. And they all just keep dropping down these little threads of a root and the root hits the ground and over many years, it becomes thicker and it grows into a tree trunk. And then, then it drops more thread-like roots and become so that's how they spread and there's even a story that alexander the great with his one of his armies of seven thousand men uh they all camped under one banyan tree because it was so big um so that's a banyan tree it's a very uh holy tree in india actually um and then there's the aspen tree the aspen tree is actually similar uh, however, it works in a different way. And by the way, they call like a grove of aspens, like a bunch of different aspens, they call them a clone of aspens. The reason why is when an aspen tree grows, its roots under the ground start going out underground for longer distances. And these roots that are growing underground actually send a branch above the ground and then that branch that grows to above the ground grows into the trunk of the tree and grows into another tree so the aspen tree also becomes like a whole mini forest uh, but it's all one organism they're all connected i mean how amazing is that you just look at a tree you think oh that's a tree so that's the difference between 
the aspen and the banyan tree is our perception. Think about it. A banyan tree, you can see that they're connected because it's above ground, right? You can just look at the tree and see that they're all connected and say, wow, they're all connected. But the aspen tree, you cannot see that because they're connected underground. So we may think that they're different. We may think that a bunch of aspen trees are just single trees, but they're really not. Think about an earthworm. Talk about shifting your perception. Think about an earthworm under the ground. He would look at a banyan tree, a bunch of different banyan trees, and he would think they're all separate because they all just have one root system each. He would look at the aspen clone and he would say, wow, these are all connected. So the earthworm's perception would be exactly opposite of ours, which is really interesting. Now, the obvious spiritual analogy here is that like the banyan trees, but more like the aspen trees, all of us human beings are connected, right? It's like the aspen trees. They're connected, but you don't see the connection. Well, it's the same with us as human beings. We are all connected energetically, but we don't see the connection, right? So it's easy to live our lives thinking that we're all separate and having this attitude sometimes that I don't care what happens to those people because as long as I'm okay. Well, no, we're all connected. (laughs) So that's a pretty deep, deep analogy there. Maybe you can ponder that a little bit. A little bit more about aspen trees because there's a few other smaller uh, potent analogies I want to talk about. Um, The aspen trees, the new trees in the colony, they may appear up to 100 or 150 feet away from the parent tree. So there'll be the parent tree and then like 100 or 150 feet away, there will appear one of the clone trees, I guess. Each individual tree can live for between 40 and 150 years above the ground. Now that's each tree living above the ground, but the root system of the colony is long lived. And this is going to blow your mind in a second here, how long this root system can live. In some cases, it's for thousands of years and it sends up the new trunks of, you know, as the older trees die, it sends up new tree trunks from the roots above the ground. And then those trees grow. And For this reason, it's considered to be an indicator of ancient woodlands. And in fact, there's one such colony in Utah, which is given the nickname of Pando. It's estimated to be, ready, 80,000 years old. 80,000 years old. It's making it possibly the oldest living colony of aspens in the world. And here's what's pretty cool. They are able to survive forest fires right? Because the roots are below the heat of the fire. So if there is a forest fire, yes, some or all of the aspens might, you know, the tree trunks might get burned and die, but the roots underground are still intact and living and they can just sprout new trees after the fire burns out. So it's interesting. There's two points I want to make here about these aspens. You know, keeping in mind that this analogy that the community, the colony of aspens 
is like the community of human beings, right? We're all connected, but you can't see the connection. Um, number one, aspens do not thrive in the shade. Now, there's a lot of trees and plants that do not thrive in the shade, but what's the analogy here? That we need light as human beings. We need spiritual lightness to be able to thrive. If we're in darkness, if we're in bad situations constantly, if we have negative opinions about ourselves, we're in darkness and we cannot thrive. So that's why in spirituality, we do not seek the light outside ourselves either. We look within our heart because the divine light is always there. And you can always find it at any moment in your life, in any situation in your life. It's always there within your heart. That's why, you know, the really effective meditation systems don't rely on chanting or candles or anything external. Because if you rely on something external, you'll be dependent on it. And guess what? You are a phenomenal creation. You're a human being. You don't need to depend on a candle or a mantra or a chant. You have the ability with your unbelievably advanced consciousness to be with the divine light inside yourself, which is also the same light that we all share. That's, that's our connection, that divine light. Uh, the second point here is that it is difficult for seedlings to grow in an already mature aspen stand or colony. So if there's already a lot of aspen trees, if it's kind of like thick with aspen trees, maybe every 20 feet or something, I don't know what exactly how thick it has to be, but if there's too many aspen trees, then each little seedling that comes up, it's more difficult for that seedling to grow because all the other trees are blocking the light. And I really think this is an analogy for modern society that our societies operate in certain ways. We have certain customs. We have certain things that you do and certain things that you don't do. And there's all this, you know, these unwritten rules of society. Well, that's like, so that crowds our consciousness. That's like all these intertwined uh, vines just suffocating our own personal, you know, expansion, if you will. So that's why in these days, in modern day living, um, with all the technology and all the confusion and all the, I mean, everything's just getting more and more complex and distorted and crazy. It is, or can be, more difficult for each of us to grow spiritually. Because we might look outside ourselves and say, wow, the world is so crazy. Things are going crazy. People are dying. There's wars. Everything. Uh, and that might affect us. So the good news is, is that it's always up to you. It's not up to society. So we're not bound by you know, ooh, we have to be like an aspen tree. Ooh, we have to be in direct sunlight a lot to grow. So we can live in a society that's crazy and going down the drain, but we can also progress spiritually. It is possible. And if you don't know how that happens, well, I mean, there's no, I can't give you an answer. 
we each of us just has to try to achieve that. And when you try with confidence, you'll be surprised at what what you can achieve. <laughs> and it doesn't even have to take that long, actually. So we all need room to grow, to expand, to unfold, and to spread our wings. And with that, we'll just take a quick pondering break here. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Mystic Show. And by the way, if you'd like to consider supporting The Mystic Show, if you like what you're hearing, there's several ways you can support this show. One way is to share each of our episodes on your social media. You know, put links to these episodes on your Facebook and Twitter and share it with your friends and say, hey, this was a cool episode. Check it out. Uh, You can give the show a rating and a review in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts. The ratings and reviews definitely help the show. And also, we have a Patreon campaign, which is pretty cool. Patreon is this um, platform where you can basically pledge like a dollar or two per episode. So, you know, this is a weekly show. So if you if you pledge a dollar per episode, you'll contribute $4 a month. And it comes right off your credit card. And... It, it's a way for you to support the show. It doesn't cost a lot of money, but if a lot of people support the show with $1 or $2 per episode, it makes a big difference. It can really help uh, me and the production team you know, keep producing this show for you guys. So in general, I'm really happy that you're able to listen. I think that's the number one thing here. You know, there's no need to donate. There's no need to pledge. There's no need to share what, I mean... You can do all that stuff, but the main thing is for you to really think more, to practice more, to meditate more, and actually make a difference in your own life. I mean, that's the whole key here. That's the whole reason for the Mystic Show. You know, there's not enough talk in the world about these vital topics of life. These discussions we have on The Mystic Show are actually really important. They're more important than they seem. That's for sure. It's a matter of perception. Well, that brings us (laughs) into our next topic, perception. You know, it's funny. Things in life can be right in front of you, but you don't see it. An example of this, and, and the reason I'm talking about this, is because the other day I was looking out in our backyard And it's, you know, there's some trees and it's like a hill and it's some grassland kind of play, you know, thing, like some shrubs and bushes and things. And I was just looking and it was completely still and silent. And, you know, maybe five seconds went by. I was just looking because what what I do is I look for animals, right? Um, Because I like to see the animals walk by. In fact, yesterday, a uh, 
coyote came by and I, tr- I actually did get one picture of him. Um, but I tried to get more pictures. I didn't, didn't get a good picture, but so I'm looking at this hillside and the bushes and I don't see anything moving and I'm looking for about five seconds. All of a sudden this rabbit just takes a few hops and all of a sudden, because he moved, I saw him and I didn't see him before, but he was literally sitting right in front of me. You know, okay, maybe he was a hundred feet away, but he was in plain sight, but I didn't see him. And, but when he moved and he hopped like a few yards, I saw him. Well, we all know this is because he was camouflaged, right? He was camouflaged into the background and that's part of their defense mechanism and how they avoid coyotes. The point is he was right in front of me. I could see him in plain sight, but I didn't perceive him. I didn't recognize him until he moved and it was abundantly clear what it was. This brings me back to that old story of um, one of the famous sailors of the 17th or 18th century. I can't remember. Uh, they visited this oceanside village of in South America. It was some tribe in South America, and these colonial sailors, you know, they parked their big ships just offshore. And they took the small boats into the beach and they met with the local people there and they were, you know, communicating and trying to communicate. And the local people said, well, how did you get here? And they said, oh, they pointed out to the ocean and said, those ships, those three big ships right there, those are our ships. And the chief of the tribe looked and he said, "Uh, what ships? I don't, what are ships? I don't see anything. And he's like, no, no. See those things right there sitting on the water and the chief was like, I I don't see anything. (laughs) He literally couldn't see it. The reason was, is because they had never seen ships before. So they didn't know what it was. So they couldn't see it. It would be like if I was, you know, with you in person and I took some purple round object, glowing object out of my pocket and said, Hey, what is that? You know, do you know what this is? you'd be like, I have no idea what that is. It's like this weird space looking thing, purple, whatever. So, so here's the, here's the idea. If we don't know what something is, then we don't perceive it because we have no reference for what it is. So, I mean, my example with the rabbit is a little different because we know what a rabbit is, but it was just camouflaged into what's surrounding us. So, so there are two, at least two different ways in which there can be th- things right in front of you that you don't see them. You know, it's, and here's the analogy. The divine presence is always present. It's always here. The divine light is always in your heart. Maybe sometimes you can't perceive it. Sometimes you don't see it. Maybe you think the divine presence left you. Because you can't feel it or perceive it. Well, no, it's still there. But maybe we can't perceive it. So that's, perception depends on our skill of perceiving and also our spiritual condition. So the the higher spiritual condition we achieve, the more we'll be able to perceive. Think about this, the divine light in the heart of other people. Every other person in this world has divine light in their heart. Can you see it? 
Are you able to perceive it? Here's here's the key question. Are you looking for it? Because we all know we find what we look for. So perception grows as your spiritual condition changes and grows. And this is sort of like a sensitivity. You become more sensitive to things and it works both ways. Sometimes you will perceive wonderful things, wonderful spiritual conditions, deep meditation, a calmness and a peace that surpasses all understanding. So sometimes you'll perceive wonderful things. Other times you'll perceive really negative things, really heavy things, really painful things, disappointing things. And most of it comes from the energy of other people. Um, In fact, I have a friend who was just talking about that at work. Um, She's surrounded by many negative people that talk negatively all the time. And it's tough. It's tough being in that atmosphere. The beauty is we do not have to let it affect us, uh, but that's a real skill and it comes with practice. So, you know, in theory, yes, we don't have to let any of that stuff affect us. In reality, yeah, it does affect us because we're connected, right? We got the, the roots underneath the ground, like the aspen tree. We are connected. So we are human. We are connected. We will feel it. The key is to not let it derail you when you perceive this negative, heavy stuff. Because if it ruins your condition, that's the tragedy. If it ruins your condition. So your spiritual practice really is the only thing that can help you perceive all this stuff and not go crazy. (laughs) In fact, that's been my experience with meditation and a spiritual practice is that it's built up my tolerance so much that I can see things or hear things, maybe bad things, maybe great things. I don't know, but it, it doesn't have full control over me and my reaction to what I hear. So originality, when you hear the word originality, what do you think of? I usually think in terms of creativity. So if you see a movie and the story in the movie is so original, you think, oh, it's so creative and original. You think, oh, that's original. That's originality. Think about this. Think about you as a human being. At the very beginning, there was an original version of you. There was an original version of you. And as time went by, whether you want to think in terms of the age of the universe or just this, uh, just this physical lifetime, when you were born, when your soul was born, it just, it was pure. It was original. And over time, it gained or took on these coverings. This, these, it's almost like little blankets or a cocoon. It started taking on all these coverings um, in the form of habits, expectations, likes and dislikes, right? So our soul in pure form is pure. And then we sort of moved into a place where now we're uh, incarnated in a human body and we have a lot of grossness, right? So grossness is like the heavy end of the spectrum, Purity 
is the, you know, the lighter end or the original end of the spectrum. So some, you know, some say that's our goal in spirituality is to shed all of our grossness so we can assume our original condition as a pure soul. Um, Babaji Maharaj, one of our masters, has called it uh, the naked condition. Naked meaning you're not bogged down with all this man-made grossness or this these habits or these uh, karmas or samskaras, whatever you want to call it. So what is our original state? <laughs> That's the question. Well, it could be our, a pure soul. By the way, you could think about it in terms of just this material life for yourself. When you were born as a tiny baby, you weren't in the habit of smoking cigarettes or you weren't in the habit of greedily saving money. You weren't in the habit of being guilty. You know, you didn't have any of these habits. You were like almost a clean slate. Now that's a whole nother show, nature versus nurture and all that. But when you were a baby, you didn't even know how to speak. So even language is a covering, is a grossness in a way. Um, so when you grew up as a baby, you learned how to speak because of the people around you. You learned their language. You know, whatever language they spoke, you learned. Uh, so we sort of, you know, our family sort of passes on some of this grossness to us. Um, that's just how life is, right? So our original state, purity, a pure soul, what was, you know, look, do I know that we're a pure soul? I don't know. Um, even last episode, Tasha was talking about that she doesn't think that we have individual souls. Okay. So what we are at the purest original level, we don't know, but that's for you to find out through your meditation and your spiritual practice. You have to find out for yourself. But there are some things that are def that were definitely not part of our original state. Like I've been saying, habits, expectations, guilt, likes and dislikes, greed, and killing other life forms. Right? So all these things we know are not part of our <laughs> original state. So it's great because when you can be and I stress that word be as in being in the present, when you can be in a state like your original state, that's when the wonder of life really flows unimpeded and we get into that universal flow where we just know everything's right. It's, it's not even conscious. Actually, you don't know everything's right. You just are. <laughs> Everything is that doesn't mean we cannot enjoy it, but it means that we're in that deep state, that naked condition that uh, where things are flowing. So, so I hope some of these topics today were helpful. And, you know, as you move through your day and your week up until our next episode, may your joy and bliss flow unimpeded, you know? May you shine forth as your original self. Think about that. What is your original self? Maybe you want to, when this podcast ends, maybe you want to meditate a little bit on these questions. 
So I'm happy you can be here with me. I really am. I sometimes envision all you guys sitting here in my studio, in my basement here, and just hanging out with me. It'd be really cool. So again, visit the website, themysticshow.net. You can comment on any of these episodes. Make comments, ask questions. Um, We're here. We're a community. We're all connected underground like the Aspen trees. So until next week, as always, keep shining.